This is Byron Lazine and the return of Nicole White, and you are tuned into episode 261 of The Real Word. Word is up. I'm glad uh, to have you back. I'm happy to be that. back. Right, I heard. Long, long I pause heard. with Lisa. I she... heard. Poor thing. I should have given her a little heads up. It's so funny, though, because obviously in the morning we start like, well, and in, in the day before, but this morning I was scrolling through looking for topics. And I, I was on Inman and I was like, oh, that's a great topic. But it was a topic you guys talked about last week. So it, it was um, it was me and Lisa, the was. me and Lisa show on the real world last week. Go yeah, check I it felt, out. The, the show got rave reviews. And yes, a lot of people in the I, like Lisa. I you salted that wound pretty good last <laughs> week. So I'm I'm feeling like I had to I have to put my A game on today or else yeah. I may be uh, Lisa, maybe a full time uh, sit in. Let us know in the comments if you missed Nicole. Give Nicole some love. Aww. Okay, hit the thumbs up if you love Nicole that she's back. Um, now that Nicole has returned, we're actually it was going literally to... one week. It's not even like it was like I was felt gone like for a year or it was one one episode. Now but... that you've returned, we're going to change the show a little bit. Just just because you like to do we're, that. We're going back OG style since Nicole's such an OG real worder. Um, <laughs> And upon her return, she said, you know what? I'm so sick of this left, middle, right, last segment, which we I had, did. Uh, At no. Cooper, I don't think we have that on recording before. <laughs> no, I said, I think we're I think we've got too much good stuff to talk about. We can't just fit in all this garbage that's going on in Washington, D.C. And, you know, the war and all this chaos that's going on. And the politic headlines are littered with trash. The end of the year last year, as we were leading up to the November midterms, there was a lot of things because they were talking about the economy. You know, right. they were running on the midterms on the economy. Now that they don't have an election to run for, there's a whole bunch of garbage in there. And there's a lot of good stuff happening in real yeah. estate. So Balloons we're going to bump and, out yeah. left, middle, right. And we're just going to go back to three rackets. So let's let's start with racket number one, Inman News. Inman's not the racket, but they are reporting from uh, the family reunion. Keller Williams had their event over the weekend and Gary Keller yeah, says they really are. I mean, everything is Gary Keller, Gary Keller, Gary Keller. I mean, it's the Gary Keller show over there on Inman today. Well, because of the family reunion. Listen, I'm hearing you. we love you and I love, love reporting Gary on Gary love. Keller commentary. He love says him. it's a do or die housing market for real estate agent. Here, here's the quote that caught me. We've got some supporting articles. Everything will be linked below. We've got a supporting article from Fortune and CNBC, the Fortune article on the housing market turn I talked about in the hot sheet today, but it's all in line with what Gary's saying right here. He yep. encapsul encapsulates it very well. I would say this is the most confusing market I've ever seen in my entire 40 year plus career in our industry. Keller said during um, the mega camp training conference, it's confusing and it's only be confusing because you have mixed signals. Normally, you would expect all the signals to aim in one direction, and that's not what's happening, okay? With all of these market factors lingering right now, uh, he's got a, he's saying right now he's got even a better read than he had when he made those comments, which were at the end of the year. He truly believes that 2023 will be a really tough year. It will be very hard, he said on Sunday. And if you don't work hard to match the hard, your year is going to suck. Suck. It will. I said it yesterday, and I've been through this seven times, he added. Think about that. I know. Hey, agents, how many times have you been through a downturn in your career? I've been through one, okay? So how many times have you been through 
a really bad market. Gary Keller's been through seven. He's somebody that I am going to be listening to, watching closely as we navigate through 2023. And what I notice is that there are people who don't do anything different than what they were doing during the good times. You can't do that. When times get hard, you have to ramp it up. Okay, so those comments are in, and we'll link that below. Um, Off of that, CNBC uh, put out a piece this weekend. Seems like CNBC always puts out their housing stuff over the weekend. They're just trying, like, I think it's like filler content for them, Nicole. Like they're getting Mm. homeowners at home and they're just dropping these these housing headlines. It's a volatile housing market. Here's how to know when the bottom is in CNBC. Okay. So what Gary said, it's like there's all this conflicting data, Nicole, and there's a lot of agents right now that are just like in spring market fever. Oh my gosh, things are, there's a lot of activity. January one, the light switch went off, but there's so much confusing data out there. And when, when you put it all in a pot, mix it all up, it's like, oh, I can't be super confident about the, the rest of the year. Okay. There's forecasts for home price declines this year uh, that are monitoring. Zillow actually expects a slight increase. You can find a whole bunch of reports that would say uh, that there's going to be a decrease. Inventories are climbing based off of last year, but they're below pre-COVID levels and existing home sales are stabilizing. Over the last seven days, um, the housing market report on Housing Wire uh, showed us that over the last seven days, inventory actually dropped again. Uh, The biggest housing market declines have occurred in cities that soared in 2021. Uh, Unlike 2028, people have more savings and jobs. 2008. uh, 2008, rather. Mm -hmm. Um, with 85% homeowners under a 5% rate. Okay, so th- that's going to hold up inventory. Fortune uh, piece, and then we're, we're going to go to you, Nicole, and your thoughts here. Uh-oh. says we're passing through a home price correction. In January 2023, 40% of the nation's 200 largest housing markets registered a month-over-month decline in home prices. Okay, so these are the major housing markets. It may not be your rural community. It may not be suburban America that's seeing this, this house price drop, but major housing markets are. We'll show that chart up right now if cooper can put that in and then the shift in home value since the respective 2022 peak seasonally adjusted through january 2023 will show that chart as well which shows the west of the u.s getting just completely pummeled pummeled on um on house prices comparison to the east okay and comparison to the southeast so i think the article said texas Right. Texas west, a little west bit too. Of, well, west of Texas and then east of Texas. I think that that's yep. where they were making their line. Parts yeah. of Texas and then west of Texas is getting hit yeah. on. Uh, and let us know in your market, what's it looking like? What's what's uh, the house price correction look like in your market? Has it corrected at all? Okay. Northeast, maybe not so much. Okay. Depends on where you are. A lot of conflicting data. You People will say inventory's up, but in the last week it's down. And it's up off of what? Last year's low level? It's still the second lowest all-time inventory level across the country, okay? Uh, People will say prices are down, but that's in a major city. If you're in a small area, it might be up. This is what Gary Keller's talking about, all this confusing data. What I do know, Nicole, is there's going to be pain as we get up over 7% interest rate. And by the time this episode premieres today, we may be up over a 7% interest rate with where the 10-year is as we're recording this right now. Nicole, your thoughts on what Gary Keller said and how confused are you about this market or was there a market that was more confusing than this in your experience? So again, I, I, I mean, I love Gary. It's why, it's why we have 
his articles on here. I I agree. I mean, I think it's I think it's extremely confusing. I think it's extremely confusing. Um, honestly, not just for the consumer, but for the agents too, because I think that they're trying to wrap their brains around responding to their clients on what the right move is, and also to help them respond to like what they're hearing. Because, like you said too, I mean, there's a national headline, but then there's like a local headline, but there's also like what are these agents experiencing themselves too? Mm-hmm. So, um, and again, that's obviously wildly personal too because is that really a busy agent? Is that not really a busy agent? Is that an agent that was busy again, you know, last year and they just got in, have they been in? So there's so many contributing factors to this that of course it's confusing. Of course, everybody is confused. Um, and to be quite honest, I, it's again, just based on week to week, it, it's it's going to continue to be confusing, which is why I think it's, you know, so important now more than ever to really make sure that you're staying up to date, like almost daily, um, not just on your hot sheet, but obviously also on sort of what is going on, um, you know, in, in the bigger picture. Um I do also think, though, that it is important, though, for the local agent to to obviously try their best, you know, obviously to know the information, but to stay hyper local, too. Um, I think that their clients are really nervous. So I think if if they themselves don't know what's happening locally, obviously their nerves will then transpire over to their clients as well. Um, so I think that this is a it, it's going to be a hard market. It's I mean, I've been telling all of our agents now this they're like nothing is easy. Like keeping deals together is not easy. You're going to have to get creative. You're going to have to think outside of boxes. You're going to, your sellers are going to have to think outside of boxes. Your buyers are going to have to think outside of boxes. So like, this is, this is the test. This is, this is what we got in for to help people. This is like, this is the true test. What Gary Keller said, you have to match hard with hard. So you got to put in the hard work for the hard market. That being said, there's a huge silver lining for agents right now. Gary Keller said, you hear the, oh my gosh, the sky's falling, the sky's falling. No, look up. You're most likely going to be in the neighborhood of the third greatest year in the history of real estate in terms of total volume. Because of where prices are at, transactions are dropping, but we get paid on percentage of volume, right? Right. So as long as you're doing transactions, you're going to have a good year. The good agents aren't going to have the pain and the fear of this market. It's the consumers that are going to have the pain and the fear. The good agents are going to match hard with hard. They're going to go match those fears with pouring into those people, with overeducating them, with giving them data they need to actually feel comfortable about, okay, yeah, now is the time to sell or now is the time to go make an investment. He says, uh, because when you look up and and see in 2022 that it was 6.3 transaction sides per agent which is the lowest ever recorded, you have some agents that are fearful right now, not the good agents. He, he said there's never been a lower number in terms of sides. And he said why? It's because NAR added 580,000 agents. That's some of it, Gary, but I'm going to disagree with you and call racket on that. The big reason why there's 6.3 transactions per agent right now is the cream of the crop keeps taking more market share. Teams in this country keep taking more market share. Look on your MLS if you think I'm kidding. And right. the agents who are just treating this as a, you know, a thing to try out. Uh, I'm Houses do to a- walk in. I'm going to be an influencer. I'm just going to take a video and people are going to flock to me. Those and, and oh, by the way, I'll just turn this into a big time speaking career. By the way, the people that are 
getting big time speaking fees are the same people that have been doing it for 20 years. Tom Ferry, Brian Buffini and, and Mike Ferry, right? And there's a couple other ones in there. And, and most other people are paying their way to go speaking. So you're in the business of selling houses, figure out how to sell more than 6.3 transactions because that's not going to cut it, right? And you're just seeing a gap where uh, the good agents are getting more and the agents that, that aren't committed are getting less. The middle is a complete dead zone. You got to get in that top 20% in this business. You got to get the skills up to get into that top 20%. He didn't go that direction because he's got a large you know, brokerage and he's got right. people in the middle. He's in got people middle. in the bottom, yeah. but, but I would have certainly added to that. If I was interviewing, obviously it's his conference. So nobody was interviewing, but I would have pressed, pressed him in that direction of what his thoughts are on that. And there, there's a real chance for people that are in the middle right now to go get around the right people in their market or to go seek the education, get into the education and elevate their game in 2023 and get into that top 20%, get into that top 20, 10%, in their MLS and do more deals. There's going to be plenty of deals in this market. There's going to be plenty of volume to make sure that your paychecks look good. Then yeah. make sure your commission checks look good. It's a matter of, is your name on them or not? Well, right. And like what we've been saying, I feel like since we were, gosh, at the beginning, I mean, forever and always and forever, it's about your conversations and your relationships too. So, yeah. uh, I mean that again, if you're, if you are in the middle, that's like, 100% the only way to step up your game is to have conversations and meet more people. We'll link up all three of those articles, uh, the fortune article, CNBC article, and this Inman article. If you want more context on that fortune, I kind of covered it uh, today on the hot sheet and, yeah. and the slides and all of that. All right, let's go to this, this one here. This is a, this is a racket. I got to tell you, this is crazy. This, this headline from in business insider billionaire grant cardone says he and other real estate investors will save the day and prevent a home price crash okay so what does he mean by this investors will step in to pick up single family homes at lower prices with less competition cardone said in a statement uh, that being said there will be no housing crash cuz we're here to save the day gc the day. 10 exit Investors like myself will save the day and step in and buy the homes. Wow. Okay. So uh, there's also a, a report today from CNBC. Wall Street has purchased hundreds of thousands of single family homes since the Great Recession. Here's what that means for rental prices. Okay. Forget about what it means for rental prices. I want to go right to what they said um, could happen by 2030. In institutional investors may control 40% of US single family rental homes by 2030, according to MetLife Investment Management. Okay, when you look at that, that by 2030, these investors might continue to buy homes and Grant Cardone is backing up that statement saying, we're going to come in and we're going to save the, the housing market by buying these single family homes. Does investors buying up single family homes save the housing market, Nicole, or is this a complete racket? Uh, <laughs> I think it is a complete racket. I mean, does it, does it help the market? I mean, I, I, I don't. Who does I, it help? I, I, does it help that one particular seller? Well, sure. I mean, I, I for sure it helps that one particular. I mean, it, obviously it helps the investment group that's invest that that that's buying them. But again, I mean, to but he but he's also talking about buying them when the house prices come down. I guarantee you that there'll be an influx of buyers that will buy when the house prices come down. That's sort of part of the problem that we're in right now too is is affordability. So um, I don't know that they're going to be like the. 
our our knight in shining armor that's going to save the market because i again i think that there's still going to certainly be buyers when when affordability <clears throat> obviously returns too. <laughs> watch, watch what they do not so much what they say this is the same guy grant cardone that said for years don't buy single family houses rent rent why because he's in the business of owning multifamily apartments make sure you rent make sure you rent don't buy now all of a sudden he's going to go scoop up a whole bunch of these why because multifamily in this country got oversaturated in the last couple of years due to the administrations in most states the administration federally making it easier for people to build multifamily houses as opposed to single family units we had a rush of investors go out and build this product we're going to have a surplus of multifamilies come onto the market this year because uh, DC doesn't care if we just create more renters. DC doesn't care if people own single family homes. And oh, by the way, what also happened? Watch what they do, not what they say. All those investors in 2020, 2021 buying up single family homes, we knew those two years, those were steals. Prices went up 40% since that time. There's this there's this, I, I was going to say something bad. There's this person wow. on YouTube called ReVenture, and he's been doing market crash videos since 2020. 2020, 2021, he's saying the market's crashing, the market's crashing, the market's crashing. He was telling people not to buy single family homes. Why? Because he's a renter down in Texas himself. And he's got a huge YouTube channel, hundreds of thousands of subscribers, and everybody cheers him on. All, all these basement dwelling nobodies in the comments cheer him on. Way to go. Way to go. Can't wait till it crashes so I can buy. When they should have been buying like all the investors were buying in 2021, they'd have 40% on their money. Watch what they're doing. If Grant Cardone is saying, hey, when this market dips down this year, we're going to come in and buy, there's going to be a moment this year where there's enough price pressure, 7% mortgage rates, uh, potentially more inventory by the end of spring, where there's going to be some deals on the market. I, I don't think you're going to see 20, 30, 40% declines in most markets. So don't no wait for that, but wait for maybe that opportunity this year. Going back to what Grant Cardone said, is he going to save the market? No. What he's going to do is make it more unaffordable right. for starter level buyers. Okay. Everybody in the comments, let us know, are you working with entry-level buyers right now that can't get in, that are always coming in second, third, fourth place. I know entry-level buyers, my sister Ninth, being one tenth, of them. 11th place. Yeah. I mean, she's been looking for how long now? Since 2020. Three, yeah. It's and been three she, years. You know, maybe she's come in second place once or twice, but she's typically, because of the price range in the community that she's looking in, typically way behind on her offer. Yeah. And so this isn't, Grant Cardone isn't saving the housing market. He might save um, and other investors might save the seller from, you know, they may drop 10% in values and then investors come in and scoop them up. They may save them from going from 10% to 15% on the value, but the health of the housing market and affordability for people to buy single family homes and start their wealth trajectory, which we know is dramatically different than any renter in this country. It's not helping that. So right. Grant Cardone, complete racket on that comment. He's going to help himself and help uh, his investors for sure. But I don't think he's gonna be helping the housing market. I don't think any of these investors are. Nicole? Yeah, I'm here. number three. Yeah, I'm ready. I, I was sort of like like left, middle, right. I was like I was supposed to pull something up on my phone. I got a little nervous. I got a little racket, clammy. We're here. Racket three. Keeping me on my toes, yeah. Nowbam.com, chasing balloons. How the little things may be undermining your business. This is written by Troy Palmquist. 
Okay, we're going to go through the five things that may be slowing you down in your real estate business. Okay, you know, you get the joke on the balloons. The I do. You got the tie in there. Okay, the, the article is fantastic. Great thumbnail. Fantastic, yeah. Here are the five things that might be slowing you down in your real estate business. Number one, chasing little deals. Okay, I'm a big, this is what he writes. This is what Troy writes. Okay. Troy's a great writer, by the way. Great uh, writer. Creator. Love, love what Troy's doing. I'm a big believer that everyone deserves respect and fiduciary level service. Yet there's an idea that no deal is too small and that agents have to be willing to upend everything anytime the phone rings. I fundamentally disagree with that philosophy. Hmm. There are some deals that will take up too much of your time and attention, and that will keep you from doing the lead gen activities that would pay off for you in a bigger way. Uh, it's more important to have a, a strong referral network so you can refer those clients to newer agents who are looking to gain experience. Who have more time available. I'm glad he had that last sentence in there because I was about to completely, completely. My I was boy ready. Troy. I was ready. I was ready to hear it. I was ready to help you. I was ready to pop some popcorn and watch that one go down. Yeah. I, I feel like that was his little out there. You know, you can refer it to new agents. So what is is that number one only for really experienced agents doing Clearly. a certain level of business? Okay, Troy. Yeah. There's a little bit of a racket here. You could say, and I just I just listened to a. Uh, a little part of a podcast that Ryan Sirhan recently did in the last week. Person asked Ryan, who obviously, I mean, Ryan's got a $250 million listing right now, Nicole. Do you see that place? I, I, I didn't. Go look that thing up. Maybe I we will. can, uh, let's Pour edit it. in a couple, a quick little video, two second video of this place. It's unbelievable. $250 okay. million dollar, uh, apartment in New York City. Place looks sick. Okay. So somebody asked him, Hey, you're listening. You got the most expensive listing in America. You, you know, you do $20 million deals. You're running Sirhan. You, you know, you're doing all the uh, speaking, you're doing all this stuff. You know what, at what level is a deal too small? Is it under 5 million? Is it, is it under 10 million? And he said, it really all depends. He goes, I just today took somebody out for a rental. This is Ryan Sirhan taking somebody out for a rental. Because that small little deal, he knows, boom, this person's connected to that person. There's a relationship here. He said it was a direct right. referral to him yeah. from somebody who really matters to him. Yeah. He went out and took that that ref, that rental on because yeah. a small deal leads to a big deal. Yeah. I, and where I feel like I would want to change this, instead of chasing little deals, I think it really has more to do with the client and a lot less to do with the actual number behind what that client is buying. You know, if they're like, if they're blood sucking and, you know, like, you know, those people that are just like, that are, are victims of everything and yeah, they're, yeah. they're only failing because of themselves. Like those are the ones in my mind that you have to cut loose. But that could be a high price point. Right. So again, I've done that to I've that's done that saying, to high price what, That's what I mean. So that's why I'm saying it does, it shouldn't be tied to the money. It's I think it's more tied to a client. Like who is yeah. just sucking the life out of you? Because if they are, your mind is going in different directions. You're unable to 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 lead generate like he's talking about, but you're also sometimes unable to even just function in life. You know, yeah, like the, the, by the time you get home, you're sucked dry. You can whistle me out there. Sorry. Like it just, I think it's more about the, the, the people and not so much about the actual value of, a, of a purchase or sale. The little deal was the wrong way to put this Troy, because it's not about the little deal. 
uh, to your point, it, it's it's really about who your work, you know, and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, and, and that's kind of the, the direction that Ryan Serhant take took. And then if you're a new agent, like you said, at the bottom, you got to take every opportunity you absolutely can. We just talked. Well, about Well, you stuff. have to. I mean, that rental like I, I, my business right now is running off of the people that I helped buy that hundred thousand dollar condo, yeah. you know, 10 years ago that sold that condo to buy their three hundred thousand yep. dollar house that's now buying their million dollars like that's the only way that i have a business right now is because of like those people that bought 13 years ago for a hundred thousand dollars there's levels to this yeah you don't get to level 10 without doing the first nine for so sure you, you got to do the little deals okay uh so troy a little bit of a racket there on number one number racket. two engaging with ill-qualified leads mm -hmm. all right uh another racket here troy because here's mm -hmm. the deal how do you know if I'm qualified or not? Because when I call people on homes that I'm looking at and they ask me that question as an agent before they know if I'm an agent or whatever, uh, I'm not giving them, Hey, are you qualified? Don't worry about it, pal. That'd be my re direct response. And I'm an agent and I get the game and I get why they're asking me that question. By the way, don't care that you're asking the question. Cause I'm in my freaking investor hat right now. Hey bro. Uh, just answer my question. Don't worry about me. Don't worry about me, dude. You don't got to worry. Okay. I'm not asking you what's in your bank. Don't ask me what's in my bank. And so you got to engage with people in your community who are interested in buying, selling, and investing. Who are you to determine whether they're ill qualified or not? Now, yeah. once you have a working relationship, then you start to go down that journey on either helping them get their qualification or confirming where their qualifications are. But when you confront it up front, yeah. try to vet me out, dude, I'm not talking to you again. Yeah, no, but I do agree with you there. It, most individuals, especially at that entry level, that may not be qualified to buy and they don't even know it because what are they doing? They're probably going on Zillow. They're putting in what a house is worth and they're like, oh, sweet, our rent is $1,800. We can afford this house. You okay. know, those are the ones too. Again, when we're talking about sort of levels, those are the ones that need your help the most. True. And now they're in your pipeline for maybe eight months from now, maybe 18 months from now, because you've guided them in the proper direction where now you've actually built a business in 2024 instead of just now here in 20. I mean, what do we say like five weeks ago? You're like, build a business, not a year. I mean, that's at the end of the day, exactly what these ill-qualified buyers are, 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 how they're a part of your business is by setting them up, providing them a service, helping them get to the spot that they then can buy in a year and a half. And of course, they're going to then come back to you because you helped, you helped them instead of being the guy that you're talking about. You kind of like, did you like, that was like an accent? Like, did you come back to something? Like, dude, don't worry about my pockets. Like, is dude, that- Don't worry about me, bro. Just yeah. Don't worry about me. Is that what we say, bro? That's bro. like um, two mansplainers going at each other. Yeah. Right? Oh my gosh, bro. Wait, I don't mean to interrupt you real quick, but have you seen Shrinking on Apple TV? Do I want to see Shrinking? You, got, you need to watch Shrinking on Apple Is TV. Is this uh, when you it's get out good. of the pool or something? It's No. Really? That's right. No, it's about that. a shrink. Like he's a shrink. Oh, Shrinking. gotcha. Okay. Oh, Lord. I'm sorry. Right. I should not have. Anyway, right. number three. Well, let's see. I just want to, one more thing, Troy <laughs> yeah. wrote here. You don't owe your time to everyone who has a passing notion to look at houses. That's what open houses are for. 
you know, Zillow has the best model. You give everybody a freebie, you create the relationship. Guess what? The minute you got your real estate license, you signed up to be in the service industry. So do some service before you start go service. poking at people. For sure. Uh, number three, not running your business like a business. Mm -hmm. I can fully agree with yep. Troy here. Okay. Yes. You're, you're in the business. I'd argue the minute you got your real estate license, you're not only in the sales business, you're not only in the marketing business, you're in the media business. Okay. So you got a lot of hats to wear. You better have the right partners. You better have the right relationships. Uh, you better be set up the right way because in 12 months, if you made a whole bunch of deals, you're going to have a whole bunch of taxes to pay. You got to be set up a whole the right bunch way. of taxes. Yeah. Number four, getting caught up in petty squabbles. Let's do it. You want to do a squabble? No, I just, let's get into it. Yeah. What do you think about this one? I didn't read it. I'm waiting for you to read it. Oh, you didn't read Oh, there you go. Nicole is, I, I knew the return of Nicole was, was uh, all the way back. I haven't talk, read it yet. I haven't read it talk yet. Talk about chasing the small stuff. There are so many agents who stay mad. Staying mad, bro. And mm -hmm. play the, a lot of bro talk here on this you, one. Well, you, that's you. That's not in this article at all. And play the blame game with everyone in their professional life. They hate other agents in their office. They blame their broker for their la lack of success. They gossip about the competition. Yeah, I mean, listen. That's just freaking life. That's, I mean, this happens in every office. It happens everywhere. It happens. It, it happens. I mean, everyone's blaming everyone. Again, I said victim. I think I said that before. Like, you played, yeah. they're playing the victim role. Like, everyone loves playing victim. It's their <laughs> favorite role. They should, everyone should get a you could beat me again like they should all get a little like i wish i had our bomb like they should all get an award for playing the victim here here's a big mental mistake that team agents make they're like they do like their um you know their 10th deal and they're like oh man i should have a higher you know split i'm leaving so much money on the table and then you you look at their 10 deals and you're like well, 10 out of 10 are team leads. So how many right. deals would you have done if you had a, even a 100% split somewhere else? Oh, I guess I would have zero deals, which would be 0% commission, right? Yeah. That's just thinking small. It's not actually thinking right. big picture. It's not thinking long-term. These these petty little, you know, whether it's a squabble with somebody or, you know. Or why they don't have a deal because they're not doing anything. Like nine yeah. times out of 10, if you're not working on a deal or you don't have any business, it's because of you gossip about the competition why is she getting so many listings because she's talking to more people all right, right number five uh focusing on what you can't control okay um agree and disagree with this a little bit you can't control the fact that interest rates are seven percent but you better pay attention to them because if you read a headline two weeks ago it said that interest rates were falling and are at their low point since september well if you keep regurgitating the same headline and it's just two right. weeks ago and you get, you regurgitate that in an open house you're going to sound like a moron because then on Monday, they get all excited about the open house. They go to qualify for a mortgage. They're like, dude, it's 7%. You just said it was at the all-time low for the year of 2023. It's at the high point. What are you talking about? Right. So you better pay attention. You better focus on everything in the, in the market, even though you can't control everything. Do you put 100% of your attention all day just watching the tenure tick up? Yeah, some people might believe that I do that, but that's not the case, okay? You can glance at it and get back to what you're, what you're doing all day. What do you think of that one, Nicole? No, Folks, I agree. I mean, I, I think at the end of the day, though, uh, what he, again, I think the second paragraph about him, you know, saying, you know, c control or are you 
spend time on faithful legion, quality service, consistent communication. I agree there. Um, and again, but the only way that you consistently can communicate and give quality service is like what you're saying is there are some things that you do need to know that are out of your control in order to give them that service that um, that he's speaking of here. So all right, we got we got to wrap it up. I'm already three minutes late for a bam all hands on meeting, Nicole. Oh. So thanks well, for thanks for the return. Huh. So just like that, I'm I'm just I'm out. We got to wrap this up is is what I'm saying. I I appreciate the return. Share this video with somebody. Thank you for Uh, having me back. It feels I was a little worried. I put on put on a little suit jacket. I put on some extra mascara just to make sure you knew my I was I was here to here to play today. Nicole's taking it serious. Let us know in the comments. (laughs) Uh, Happy to have her back and we'll see you next week. Keep it real, guys. See you guys.